0: Welcome to The New Normal, a series of seminary videos and podcasts
1: inspired by a global pandemic. We We are are the the Brothers Brothers Anderson. Anderson. Each week, we will share with you insights and questions to support your study of the Book of Mormon. Now buckle up, eat your vitamins, here we go. All right, guys, welcome back. It's uh, not Wednesday for us, but it is for you. So, Or whenever you're listening to this. Or whenever, whatever. You could Whatever. all
0: be doing this on Friday before Zoom for
1: all of <laughs> <time>. <laughs> yeah. All right, we have a special Welcome guest. Welcome to with Thursday us. night before the Zoom. We have a special guest with us, and we figure that this is just going to. Okay, introduce yourself for us, please. I'm Noelle. Hi, I'm Noelle Jensen. Hi, Noelle Jensen. Noelle Jensen, why are you here? She is so afraid of this microphone. Um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> to have some fun, I just got back from the mission.
1: Yeah, she's gonna have a weird sister missionary accent. <laughs> uh, do you talk life. like Do you talk like a sister missionary? No. Do you like, end do your you sentences with a in question, a question mark? mark?
2: Yeah, the question mark. No. <laughs> no. Okay, no.
0: I'm really happy to be here <laughs> with everybody else. <laughs> Thank you. No, <laughs> nobody take offense to what we just did, or the the stutter talk is the other one. Yeah. The
2: the.
0: What do you they mean the, the stutter talk? talk? Well, they, how do they do it now?
1: It's like it's it's that. Yeah, kind of, he <laughs> did it's, it. It's really it's really low, yeah. like the, the, the whisper. And they like repeat the and, word. And they repeat it. I do that when I want it, <laughs> I, When I want you to feel the spirit, I do that. You guys missionaries know. get weird.
0: <laughs> Come home with these weird idiosyncrasies. The real question thing. is, Noel, are you still weird? Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs>
2: yeah, I am. That little awkwardness that's not really gone yet. She
0: yeah, will right. not get any cl- she will not move her seat any closer to us. If you have she, an o- the, she does not have her
1: companion here. If you have an older brother, um, <laughs> she needs a date. What? <laughs> Sorry, that's put out there. That's that's going in the podcast. Oh, yeah. Comment below. What's your what's your phone number? <laughs> nah, I'm okay. <laughs> All right, guys. We're so glad to have her here. So um this podcast, note, I, well, we just it spent is two minutes doing. That. It's okay. <laughs> um, this and this is kind of a tough podcast. I, I feel like this could be a tough podcast. Um, it's not for me because I totally dig philosophy, and all of your brains just yeah, shut. Everybody
0: off. just turned off the
1: podcast <laughs> and you said philosophy. How about theology? Theology, philosophy. I mean, all of it goes together. I I think it's really interesting when we can slow down, and just start asking the why question. Um, and so what we're going to talk about today... Well, so as a reminder, remember, we're not doing this by chapters. Yeah, these no. are kind of thematic throughout the
0: entire Abinadi story. So chapters 12 through 17.
1: Yeah, maybe helpful if you haven't read these chapters that you stop and, and just spend some time because we're going to kind of spread out across a couple different ones. So, and we're going to introduce you to a new word. So today's topic is uh, the Christology of Abinadi. Now, that's just a fancy word. That's a fancy philosophy word, Okay. Everybody turns around to look at our board. <laughs> we have we had, the definition, we right definition behind <laughs> us. So here, here's the definition. It's the philosophy of the doctrine and work of Jesus Christ. Meaning, so for example, we were talking about this before the podcast. So if we were to talk, go back to last semester. Now, my, we student, about Matthew, my students,
0: Mark, we, I think you we guys did, did it the too. same thing. So,
1: so for example, Brother Anderson, what's the Christology of Matthew?
0: So, Matthew um, was to emphasize, he, he was talking to a Jewish audience. Right. And he was emphasizing the role that Christ played in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. Right. And he uses that phrase, Messiah, um, talks about how he is a new king, as in David. Yeah, new David. He is a new lawgiver, as in Moses, and he is the fulfillment of the works of Abraham
1: whose yep. seed they are, or or and he even kind of alludes to uh, Emmanuel, and all the God stories
0: that that Matthew shares is, is all about that is to fulfill that purpose of and maybe to here's con- how Christ fulfills that and prophecy. maybe to
1: contrast that we can just jump to the Christology of John and the Christology of John is he, his is his is assuming that you already kind of know who Jesus is and he's he's looking to this kind of universal. Salvation, but he takes it to a much deeper level. As if Very he's talking symbolic. to members of the church. Remember, he uses
0: the number seven a right. lot. As, yep, as a completeness. He, he talks about the signs of Christ. He talks about and he uses seven signs, seven I am statements, right. Seven miracles, or yeah, So these are so that's a Christology.
1: And if we wanted to get like into it, uh, the Christology of Paul. Um, I've had friends. I've had people say that a Looks like, feels like, sounds like the Christology of Paul. Okay, so in the words of uh, the Dragon Warrior, <laughs> enough talk, let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue, right? All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk uh, let's talk Christology then. Let's talk Abinadi's Christology. So, uh, kind of, can you get us up to speed just so we know what we're doing? Um,
0: yeah. So. Like just
1: in the storyline, so they know
0: what we're doing. Yeah, storyline uh, again. Abinadi in front of the wicked priest. He's already told him to repent or suffer. Right. He's I mean, already shocked him. Yeah. He's already like, touch me not. I'm. You can't touch me until I've delivered my message. Right. And so really, his Christology starts there. Kind like, of. Like, yeah. Here's kinda my kinda message. Kind of starts at the end of chapter thirteen. It is also his Christology is also going to be delivered to us. Uh, we we kind of talked about this before the podcast. We're not getting the entirety of his Christology. No. We're getting the meaty goodness. Right. We're getting the filet mignon version. And and a lot of it is in response to medium rare, right?
1: <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, Asado. Asado. But they burn the heck out of it down there. They don't. They don't believe in rare, right? No. Sayasimala, <laughs> stomachal. My <laughs> That's funny. Okay. Um, and so this is, a lot of this is in response to their question about what does it mean, Isaiah. So
1: this is where the, the Christology begins. Okay. All right. So let's just kind of like just go down. Can we just, I'm going to open up to all three of us. Okay. Um, let's just pinpoint in some of these chapters, some of the Christology that we see and how this kind of fits with, um, with what a benedized message is. And then and then it's really cool to talk about, but therefore what? Like, what, what's the point? Why, why would we share this? Why would Mormon want this to be here at this place in this part of his, his record? So kind of a, a fun fact, maybe something that you guys can do as you're, as
0: you're going through these verses. Look for similarities in the Christology or what Abinadi teaches about Christ and compare that with what Benjamin
1: teaches us right. about Christ. And, yeah, if you go back to uh, chapters 2 through 5. 5, and you'll you'll start seeing some interesting parallels some really neat comparisons there it's almost like it's almost like ha-
0: mormon was doing this
1: on purpose and they kind of happened to, about the same to, time yeah like king yeah. Ben, king benjamin's thing was about the same time that this was happening in fact Ish. if you
0: want to get real speculative let's do it let's get speculative <laughs> there's there's a speculation okay. that the angel that comes and teaches king benjamin all about christ is a benadi who was killed because it's very similar to
1: Christology. Very, very similar. So, not that could, fun to think about? Could it be? <laughs> or maybe the same angel that taught Benjamin is the same angel that taught Abinadi. Abinadi. Either way, it's, it's, it's almost as if you can lay it on top of each other and see. So, so what does that actually teach us
0: is that the doctrine of Christ is universal, that it's right. taught whenever, whenever God reveals uh, messages of, of his son and, and commands us to hear him, we're going to hear the same message.
1: Okay. All right. So let's let's just start with uh, some Christology. I mentioned it um, in the previous podcast, and it just it just bears to mention again. So here's here's one of the uh, kind of the themes here in what what is teaching. If you go back to Mosiah chapter thirteen again, this is after he's already kind of asked them if salvation comes by the law of Moses, and they're like absolutely. And he says, "Have you taught these people these things?" And he says, "Nay." That's verses twenty five and twenty six. And 27 is where he starts teaching the Christology. Now, as members of the church, and what we've already talked about in Scripture this seminary year with Old New Testament last year, the law of Moses serves one purpose. And it says it in verses, so in verse 28, he says, salvation comes by the atonement which God himself makes. But in verses 29 and 30, he teaches why the law was given in the first place. In verse 29, he says, uh, The law is given to the children of Israel, a very strict law, for they were stiff-necked and quick to do iniquity, and slow to remember to remember God. And there was a law given, a law of performances, of ordinances, to keep them in remembrance of God and their duty towards him. And then he jumps down to verses 32 and 33. Moses prophesied unto them concerning the coming of this Messiah. So, his Christology is the performances, the ordinances, all point us to Jesus Christ and to, you know, the Messiah, right? So what's the so what then? All right. so now this is where we're going to make
0: Sister Jensen uncomfortable and she's going to have to talk to us. And, <laughs> um, how, how did you teach similar principles as a missionary?
2: I think it's just that without the atonement of Christ, we really don't have anything. Like, we could have the priesthood, we can have everything, but if we don't have the atonement of Christ... We're never gonna like reach this celestial glory that that is our goal, and I think that's one of the things that that Abed and I is trying to get a, across is that without this Messiah, like we don't have anything. The
0: and laws so, mean nothing. Yeah,
1: exactly. The so. performance is the ordinance. Why,
0: why do I why do Why do I gotta quit smoking if there's not a if there's not an atonement? Why do I gotta do these per, <coughs> these little and nitpicky and and busy. and maybe to
1: add on to it when when kids get really weird about kids, all of us. When, when we get weird about commandments, it's typically because we don't see the connection back to Jesus Christ. Right. So when, when they're like throwing a fit because mom's saying you can't date till you're 16, they have disconnected that law to Jesus Christ. How does Jesus dating
0: Christ, before I'm 16 and keep me from the celestial kingdom?
1: Well, not even that. How does dating before 16, how's that connected to Jesus Christ? Right. And, and you can kind of take it and just move it on up whether you're going to take it as in the prophet has asked us to and the prophet speaks for God, or you could say that's, that's kind of a preparatory guidance to help us prepare for the law of chastity, which allows us to be married, eternal family. I mean, it's, it's a disconnect. That's, that's what it is. These people have disconnected themselves from the Messiah, thinking that the law is it, that that's the end of the whole purpose. And he says, no, 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 no. The law connects us all the way back. To Jesus Christ. So there's one Christology that I see, or an element of his Christology. Yeah. Um, chapter chapter 15 is.
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some more philosophical language at you. We we see in in uh, in Abinadi's Christology that he really fleshes out the dual nature of Christ of who Christ is. So in
1: traditional Christianity, have a belief called the Trinity. Right. That, that that Jesus Christ is both the Father and the Son or the just God
0: this this concept of God is mm-hmm. the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost all together in one
1: yep. without parts and passions one one unknowable one unknowable thing incomprehensible which creates a lot of
0: confusion because it, it's very hard to worship a God that is unknowable right it's very hard to worship a God that you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to relate to that kind of a God, right?
1: Yeah, and I even had a conversation this morning. There's a there's a new uh, video series coming out that wasn't produced by the church, and it's depicting Christ. Uh, I know the people that produced it are Trinitarians. They believe the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost are one. But when they're depicting the life of Christ as shown in the Bible, he's praying to, to the, the Father. Father. He's often yep. talking to the Father, and you're just like scratching your head. Now, with that in mind. <laughs> Chapter fifteen gets a little bit confusing.
0: So chapter fifteen can be very confusing. So here's the key to understanding chapter fifteen: Abinadi is only talking about Christ. Yeah, Don't don't start mixing. Don't try the same to, with don't heavenly try to father. add heavenly father into this. He's only talking about Christ. And and here's why here's why we get confused at it. Chapter fourteen is Isaiah fifty three, and chapter fifteen is a really bad chapter break. Yeah, it should all be connected. There, this wasn't intended to be separate. And so sometimes we can read these as separate thoughts. And we need to read chapter 14 and 15 as if it's a continuation of the same thought. So chapter chapter 14, is basic, it's Isaiah 53, word for word. He is despised and rejected of man, man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Um, he has borne our griefs; he is wounded for our transgressions. Yeah, those should all sound. Super all these familiar. things are very Christ-centered, Messiah-centered. Yep. I actually saw a very interesting video last night on YouTube, and it was a, it was a Hebrew ministry mm-hmm. where they've taken this out. Where, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is the, the Jews. Message, yeah. The Jews have taken <laughs> chapter fifty-three out of
1: their Talmud. I actually used to show that in seminary when we got to Isaiah fifty-three. And it's called the forbidden yeah, chapter. The forbidden chapter. Yeah. And the
0: question is then, who is this? Who does this sound like? As well, it kind of sounds like the Jesus of history. Yeah. And then, of course, that's why it's like this forbidden thing because yeah, they're like, don't get that confused with Jesus. That's right. Jesus. This we're still ta- waiting for the Messiah. This is talking Messiah, not Jesus, right? people. So we're very <laughs> <laughs> sorry. We're, we're we're very clearly talking about Christ. So chapter fifteen then is a continuation of that same thought. And that's when he says, "I would that you should understand that God Himself shall come down among the children of men." Verse one. Yep. This this is only talking about Christ. And where we start to get confused is because now Benedict is going to tell us how Christ fills a dual role. Role. Yeah. Okay. Um, he is both the Father and the Son. Okay. And the way that the way that helps us understand this is we need to understand that Christ had dual parentage. His father was a perfected.
1: Glorified, glorified celestial immortal
0: being. being right and his mother was mary who is a mortal and so from the father he inherits all of the godliness the divinity the ability to overcome death or to not die right right and from his mother, he, he inherits the power, the, to die. To,
1: the power to die, and and the agency and the choice to sin ultimately, because he's mortal. And right?
0: so that's what Abinadi is trying to teach us. Because he dwelleth in the flesh, verse two, he shall be called the Son of God, right? Having subjected the flesh to the will of the Father. So because he was born, where he condescended to be born on earth and have a physical body and inherit the the powers of mortality. Um, he becomes, he's called the son of God because he's subject unto the, but he's, but being the father verse three, because he was conceived by the power of God, because God is his father and he inherited those powers, right? He is now both the father and the son. Right, because the because of the he's the son because of the flesh and the father because he's conceived by the power of God
1: and and I would and if you look in verse four and then verse four is where we get all sorts of confused yeah, because they are one God the yeah, very yeah. eternal father, father of heaven, of heaven and, and our earth. and our little brains just explode right there That's right. we're just like <laughs> whoop, whoop. but but if you keep it in context. That's not what he, that, he's not saying
0: he is the... Well, that's why we got to continue reading, yeah. right? And thus the flesh become a subject to the spirit or the son to the father, right. being one God, Suffereth temptation, yieldeth not to temptation,
1: suffereth himself to be mocked and scourged
0: and cast out and disowned by his
1: people. Well, and we also need to add one more element to his fatherhood, okay? We can see his sonship um, and and his fatherhood is then declared in verse 10. Behold, I was getting there. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I mean, I'm still working through
0: how he, verse seven, he shall be led to be crucified and slain the flesh becoming subject unto death. But then here's the fathership, the Godhood, thus God breaketh the bands of death, having gained the victory over death. So the fact that he was able to come back. Now gives him power to make intercession for the children of men. That's,
1: that's his fatherhood. That's right? his
0: fatherhood. Because he makes intercession, now because he fills that role of standing, verse 9, betwixt them and justice, having broken the, the bands of death and taking
1: their iniquity. But is that his fatherhood there? That almost feels like well, his son, sonship. Satisfies the demands of justice. Because right there you have the mediator role, right? Uh-huh. Which, which seems to be, justice seems... It seems that the father is typically represented by justice between us, us as mortals, justice as in heavenly father is, is, but that's you know, where, but that's no where the thing and he and his sonship role is betwixt. I like that word. <laughs> betwixt he's just like twixt the two of us he's just, he's just the like left one the left or right one. <laughs> <laughs> but but i mean that that's that to me is again going back to his sonship well no right?
0: it, that is actually the transition from sonship to fatherhood because because he stands betwixt and he satisfies the demands of justice now i say unto you who shall declare this generation i say unto you that when his soul is made as an offering for sin he and if he shall see his seed, and who are his seed? Behold, it's all those who have accepted his atoning sacrifice. That's where that's where King Benjamin gets makes his, that statement and said, because of the children covenant of Christ, that you have made, right. you have become the children of Christ, begotten sons and daughters of him. Right. And so the sonship is because he submits to the will of the Father. The fathership is because he overcame temptation, death, and now stands between us and the Father... And we are begotten to Him because of His atonement.
1: Yeah, you almost need to look at Father and Son as titles. Don't get don't get too weird. Not as not names. individual personages. Right. Yeah. Noel, any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> She's trying to figure out how to say it in English.
2: <laughs> no, I just think about like what, like, I know it's kind of off topic, but our role as His seed. Like, if we are really accepting Him as... Yeah, so this is the so what, right? Seed. So
0: so what? We are the seed of Christ, so what?
2: So what? Like, we need to accept the fact that it's only through Him that that we can be saved. And that... I don't know, I just feel like such a gratitude to to Him for, for everything that He has done. And I think that some people don't really understand what the Atonement means and, and the like the role that it has in our lives as, as his seed, as his children.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at, so verses 10, 11, 12, and 13 all end with this idea of who is his seed. So 10 is, okay, so what say you? Who are his seed? Okay, so those is, who heard the words of the prophets. These are his seed. Actually, what I like. Those who mean. have hearkened unto their words and believed that they would
1: be redeemed and have looked forward to the day of their remission. These are his seed. Well, and I like how it ends in verse 11. Heirs. And, or. Heirs of the so, kingdom of God. So when we God, say seed,
0: we're talking also heirs of the kingdom of God. Which,
1: which place us in a son or daughter role or title to this Father. So, so, list, yep, so listening
0: to prophets is one. Verse 12. Those whose sins he is born. Right. Um, have, those who have, have repented. Right. Those so Those who, who have sought have, forgiveness. Exactly. These are their seed. Um, and and yea, not just the prophets, but it's everyone who has opened their mouth to prophesy. remember what the
1: spirit of prophecy is? <laughs> it's in the book of Revelation. Sorry, Test- we already talked about it in another podcast. Why Test- can't you read my mind? Yeah. Testimony of Jesus Christ yeah, is the spirit testimony. of prophecy. Any, anybody who has the testimony is the seed. Testimonio de Jesucristo. Yeah. Say it in Spanish It makes you feel comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> right? So those who have opened their mouth to
0: prophesy, that not only has fallen into transgression... Um, but I mean the holy prophets ever since we're, I say to this is their seed. And then here is the so what? These are they who have published peace,
1: who have brought the good tidings, who have gone out and shared this message. Do you know what that kind of makes me, what's our time? Um, do, you know what, do you know what this kind of makes me feel, uh, makes me kind of think about his conference, last conference. So he's talking about everybody who does these things. So far, it's those who hearken, right? Those who would repent, those who have a testimony. Good job, you're his seed. Then the second part, but it's also they who then go out and and publish it. So it makes me think of conference with the light shining. Was it Sister? um, I can't remember the one that she had to shine the light for Elton Perry, and oh yes, and he got all tripped up. And Sister, not Sister Jones, it was Sister. um, Really, one of them excited, President. Craven? No. No. I don't I've know. Done it? Whatever. Uh, we'll I'll look it up. It. But but she's like looking, at, she's she's shining her light, but not anywhere where he needs it. And so he trips up and he actually calls her and says, I need your light. Cordon. Cordon. That's what we met. Sister Corden. Um, It's cool that we've repented. It's great that we hearken. It's awesome we have a testimony. But if we're not shining our light for other people, I, I wonder if it's like you need all four parts to become his seed. And so it kind of gets to that point where he's like, and now let's publish good tidings of, of joy, right? And thy God reigneth. And there he kind of kind of illustrates. Uh, you got to have all these things, but you also have to be one of the ones. And I feel like we get comfortable sometimes. We're like, yeah, I have a testimony of Jesus. I go to, I go to church. I have a testimony. Um, I even repent. But then we get all weird when we're like, now go share it with people. You've got light, go share it. And we well, kind of so shy. Well, so why
0: do we get weird?
1: Because we're... Sissies. Well, do we think that sharing means that we?
0: Well, we see we see what Hollywood depicts as somebody who shares the light. That All means right. that they've got to. They've got to wear their cross, and they've got to, or the chastity rings, or whatever, what Right? They got to do
1: weird stuff, right?
0: Well, we, got to, we got to start a club, and we got to, we got to bear our testimony in the captivity. In the words of in, our in prophet, church. be weird.
1: He does say that, right? But he
0: doesn't tell it. But that's not what that's not what Elder Elder Uchtdorf
1: says. No, but but at the same time, Sister Corden says it's not enough that we just shine our light willy nilly. We do need to focus it. Yeah, and I think that's where we get a little bit unnerving. We 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 worry about those moments where we're feeling prompted to focus our light a little bit. And sometimes that can just be a, a simple scared.
0: invitation of, I've been thinking about you. Would you like to come to church with me? Right. I think I have something that might help you. Or in just our daily interactions with people, COVID-19, right? We've got neighbors that are worried, buying all the toilet paper off the shelves. Right. They're stressed out about stuff. And can trendy. we just be the ones to just go knock on our neighbor's door and say, Hey, I just noticed that, that your, your bushes need to be trimmed. Can I can I do that for you?
1: Well, I think President Nelson was a re- really great example where he just put out that YouTube video, going, "Hey, I trust doctors. Let's let's pray and for help." He, out of thing. He didn't quite say that, but yes, absolutely. Every little thing. Hey, we don't have copyrights. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Christology of Abinadi. Everything points to Jesus Christ. Everything does. And that he is the he is the Father and the Son, as far as the titles are concerned. As far, as far as what we're concerned, we do not make it back to the Father if not
0: through through Jesus Christ.
1: And we can add more to this. He also throws in agency, which should sound super familiar. He talks a lot about resurrection, which we're going to talk. We've talked about, and we will continue. In Mormon, fact, Mormon seems to put this yeah, in here on purpose. The rest of the Book of Mormon and in, in Mormon's abridgment is going to be just additional teachings that are emphasize each of these different points. It's very possible that this was put in here as the source doctrine. Um, It's possible that Mormons like, this is where everybody else gets their doctrine about Jesus Christ, is from where did Alma receive his teachings on the resurrection and on Christ as a mediator? Well, probably from his father Alma the Elder, who got who, it. Who got it from Who's Abinadi. one of the priests? Yeah. So all of these things, all roads lead to Abinadi's teachings and his Christology, which is really cool. Yeah, this is this is excellent. It should tell us why
0: we should be studying. this. Yeah,
1: if we do not slow down here, we're not giving ourselves the proper context for the rest of the book. Yeah, we're going to ask you to look for uh, other other teachings in the Book of
0: Mormon that that kind of that are witnesses of these these same teachings. Okay, Noel,
1: you got the last word.
2: Read the Book of Mormon. Good. <laughs>
1: Yay, barely.
0: <laughs>
2: Amen. <laughs>